0: Justin! Yes! Calvin! <laughs> Wait, yes, shit.
1: you beat me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't hit the record. Oh, anymore. I'm not recording. I'm not recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, No! no, no. and you better that What's happening? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <Five> stars, <please. laughs> Justin! Calvin! <laughs> How you doing, pal? Oh, I, I'm... It is... It's rough out in these streets. Mmm. That's all I have to say true. about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sums it all up.
1: That sums <laughs> it all the motherfucking up. <laughs> um, Yeah. I... I am really grateful that you're in my life. Oh my gosh! And Captain. happy birthday, also. Thank you. It's birthday week. It is birthday week. I don't
0: know long birthday week if you link yours and mine.
1: Well, it's the time between them.
0: Is that a, actually a week? It is literally no, one we, week. We,
1: Justin, okay, I was <laughs> going to be t- telling our very gracious audience that uh, that a little a little known a little known fact that we we were actually born literally a week apart. And then yes. you forgot. No, I didn't
0: forget. But <laughs> technically, technically, there's a week in between, right. so it's actually a stretch of nine days. Wait, what? Isn't that true? No. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Seven eight. days.
1: Like there's like, seven days
0: in between the birthdays.
1: But okay, when right? You, no, your birthdays on was on Monday. Uh huh. My birthday's on Monday. That okay. is a week.
0: That's a week. <laughs> I'm not good with numbers. Like, they scramble my brain. <laughs> okay, you're right. So, I was born exactly one week before you. Exactly. Yeah, which and is funny because you feel like my elder. I mean that because you just seem like wiser and more stable <laughs> oh i would
1: say the oh. same about you i mean different reasons i think but <laughs> yeah we balance each other out yeah <laughs> i did what? have a
0: good birthday though
1: good what'd you do
0: oh my gosh i ate so much i went on a pizza crawl oh yeah with my bf and uh-huh. we went to Six pizzerias in one day and split a slice of pizza at each place wow. and had a milkshake and a donut.
1: No, ew, I hate donuts.
0: I love donuts. It was <laughs> cream filled. And ew. then we rated all of the slices. And by the end of it, I was like, I never want to see a piece of pizza for the rest of my life.
1: I've, I wonder if my BF would want to do that, but I've been on a diet. Like, you yeah, know, just well, like, I, me
0: too. Yeah. I broke the diet for my birthday. <laughs> I don't know if I can And do now that. tonight, my roommate is making me mac and cheese. So we're still going.
1: Oh, my gosh. Crazy town. Yeah. But that sounds super cute, and I'm so glad you got to do that.
0: Thank you so much. It yeah. was fun. It was fun. It was yeah. a great birthday. That Birthdays like... are always weird because yeah. you're, like, wrestling with your own mortality and <laughs> expectations of whether you've done enough at this particular age. Yeah. And also, there's just general expectation that the day has to be perfect. Yeah. So... Not to be a Debbie Downer, but I generally hate birthdays.
1: (laughs) Well, that's, yeah. Isn't that how I feel about Christmas? (laughs) Yeah, I think that is how you feel about Christmas. Yeah. Too much expectation. Right. And not enough output. Um, Yeah. Well, I'm glad it was really good for you. I'm looking forward to mine. Um, Yeah. I I, I don't even know if I have plans per se, but I took the day off from school. So um, hopefully I'll be spending it with brandon
0: maybe you can make plans Come i know up i know something
1: but at the same time it's like i'm always planning shit you know so it's like it might mm-hmm. be better to just do nothing maybe you could do a wine tasting mm, that sounds fun yeah you could even
0: buy like five different bottles of wine <laughs> <laughs>
1: that sounds excessive that does sound excessive no i'll go to <laughs> a, a wine bar Those exist yeah um yeah, maybe, 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 maybe. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna discuss that with, with Brandon and see what, what he wants to do. Okay. What he wants to do with me. Any, yeah. who, any who. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Today's we're doing episode, a podcast. Yeah, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, just it's uh, again, you know, what? Why are we doing this? Because. <laughs> there were traumatic experiences that happened in our childhoods that nobody wanted to talk about except mm. for you and so mm. uh, and and then and then we were like and i was like hey there's probably other people out there that also feel like they are alone and only the only people that experienced this and right maybe we can help facilitate some language around those conversations in mm. order for them to be had in those people's personal lives in our listeners personal lives And that we can garner more information and language in our personal lives, right? Right. Um,
0: It seems like that was true.
1: Yeah. No, all of that's true. Yeah. Now. uh, Think? Yes. Like, (laughs) no, like the point is, well, well, something that I would like to say is that like, we are not trained experts. We're not giving psychological advice. We're not giving counseling advice. We're not giving therapeutic advice. We We're don't. not even religious experts. No, no, we are, we, we, we have novice, novice, uh, you know, childhood affinity for religion and, mm. and the experiences of it. And, you know, just like people play Dungeons and Dragons, religion was our thing. It and was our thing. <laughs> and so, and, you know, and it just so happens that that religion is really closely related to politics in America and politics around mm. the world and um, and, 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 and it just slaps a little different. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but by no means do I want to give the impression that, uh, that this podcast was a means to any kind of other gain for me besides, mm. besides the conversations themselves. And We're just
0: two people talking about our experience. Yeah. Essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just some shit. Just,
0: just and sharing the experiences that others Share with us and tell us that we can share,
1: which is exactly what we're doing today. Yes. Today we uh, we've got some more beautiful feedback. Oh my gosh, you guys are incredible writers, really, um, truly. <laughs> and you tell your stories so beautifully and so elegant, eloqu- eloquently, and um, and I'm just so grateful. Even even though I know I, I I'm not sure that we've responded to these emails just yet. Sometimes mm-hmm. reading them to me is it feels very overwhelming to feel so seen and 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 like like for me personally to feel so seen sure and and um and to feel like wow like the theory of maybe there are other people out there that this has happened to is like proving to be truthful and yeah and like and it's scary how true it is yeah and then i get overwhelmed with yeah, with feeling like the, the the empathetic energy of all these people out there who also feel and have felt alone, mm. and, but that's kind of besides the point. I uh, I want you you know let's everybody out there like we're, we're listening, we're reading, we're enjoying it, and um and you and you are and thank and, you and thank you and you're impacting us, and um, we're like a community, a little community. Yeah, but you know like it, but but a part of that scares me. Because it's,
0: it's vulnerable.
1: It's not only vulnerable. That's not the part that scares me. The, the part that kind of scares me is like, like the part that makes all organized religion problematic. And mm. like, how can, like, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I just You don't want us to form our own religion? Exactly. <laughs> I don't. Well, I do. <laughs> or platform or, or whatever. This is not that. This is just not that. Anyway. Yeah. Woo. woo, woo okay so cue
0: the souped up theme song <laughs> which I'm sure you've all noticed did you like it I love it okay. oh I love it and my BF likes it too
1: oh I love that okay here it is one two, three, four. Oh we were Christian kids oh. Really, really, really Christian. So, who should we read first? Hmm. You choose. Uh, You're going to be our
0: beautiful narrator because you have those sultry tones.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try. Let's do chases. Okay. Okay. Here we go. And stop me if you want to say anything. Okay. Like, you know. Okay. Hi there love your podcast i feel so seen first things first I identify as a queer man and still identify as chris as christian in my denomination aka not sure if i want to make that denom public or not wait fuck <laughs> okay hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna skip that here we go hi there love your podcast i feel so seen First things first, I identify as a queer man and still identify as a Christian in my denomination. Nowadays, I actually feel like I'm more into the religion aspect than the spirituality theology aspect. I'll explain what that means. I find it so powerful to believe in a higher power that goes beyond what I can observe in the world. I love the strong sense of family and community that comes with being in a church, specifically a denominational church. I can find that any type of church in any city and can uh, find someone who is only one or two degrees of separation. I love singing hymns in unison together, the songs that have stood the test of time, though I'm not a huge fan of current worship music. I love the idea of a Sabbath, taking one day off to reflect and rest and check in with myself and my God.
0: Can I just say something? Yes. I really actually identify with that. because in like, I'm sober, I'm in a recovery community. And within that community, one of the big things is like, um, sort of developing an idea of a higher power Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: doing that has been huge for me. And I still Mm -hmm. really hold on to that, but also beyond that, um, just like what you read, um, there's like a sense of community, That I have in that recovery community, and literally wherever I go in any city, I feel like I can find people that I connect with. So I totally Mm. get that um, feeling of the importance that like a church could
1: Mm. bring. You know what I mean? And and specifically denominational, meaning that like of a specific kind of Christianity. Right. It's like going to McDonald's and getting your burger everywhere in the world.
0: You know, you know exactly what to expect, and the kinds of songs
1: the the kinds of teachings the the kinds of worship the kinds of relish all that you know right yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) mcdonald's is church
1: (laughs) (laughs) no i hate that place but i do eat chipotle so and that's owned by mcdonald's chipotle is also church (laughs) (laughs) um okay i don't think very much nor care very much about the specific details of the bible I'm trying to find translations that are more literary, epic poetry, like Homer. Robert Alter had some good ones. I don't actually believe that hell, hell exists. I would love for some, for some semblance of an afterlife to exist. I do try to stay respectful of others' beliefs, and I still cringe when my mom worldly reminds me to pray every day. Though I do pray every day. To give me the patience and strength to deal with my parents. And then <laughs> cry laughingly. Uh, emoji. emoji. I grew up going to a private academy, K-12, through where I was often a praise band leader, lead singer, and ministry director. Then I went to UC Berkeley, where I was a part of a Christian fellowship there, in which I became the president for two years. That church was the ideal church community for me. Several queer people, open, so open, so free, I never felt restricted. And now I'm graduating from a denominationally affiliated medical school, returning full circle. For me, I feel like I love my church the same way I love my com- country. I'm not satisfied with the way things are now. So many things are built on years of systemic oppression. And yet, it's the place I was born. It's the place I was raised. It's where I live now. I know that if th- I want things to progress, to become better, when, well then, I feel it's a good thing that someone like me remains in my church so I can be a part of that change. In my p- opinion, traditions are important. Rituals are important. Community is important. These things have been a part of human civilization since humanity began, and I feel so connected to myself and others being in that community. Anyway, long story. I just felt like sharing. I love your work. Please doing this for us queers. Best. Chase.
0: Hmm. That's a really cool perspective.
1: Yeah. Never, never... I I mean, not really occurred to me to do that. Do you... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I wonder... How do we change something if we're not touching it or, right. or having influence of it, you know?
0: Uh, yeah, and so I would say, like, full disclosure, I fully stepped away from the church and was like, I'm not trying to change it. Like, I'm done mm-hmm. with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's something really admirable about being like, I'm going to stay in this. I'm going to look for the good in this, and I'm going to actively work to change the bad.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how do you feel about church as like a cultural institution? You know, he talked a lot about community and, mm. um, yeah.
0: I don't know. For me, I, I'm so like a little f- fiery that if I feel like someone is homophobic, I'm like, I don't want you to be part of my community. But it does mm-hmm. sound like um, he's found communities where there were other queer people. And so mm-hmm. it was maybe accepting to a degree mm-hmm uh, Mm -hmm. to whatever degree, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a tricky question. I never really felt comfortable in the community of my churches. Mm -hmm. I always felt Mm -hmm. kind of like I was like an imposter and like Mm -hmm. I was hiding who I was and that what, to whatever extent they were accepting me it wasn't genuine because they didn't know who the real me was. Mm. So, I don't actually strongly associate church with community. I do mm. associate church with singing the worship songs and loving yeah. that and that being yeah. really healing. So, yeah. I I identify with that. What about yeah. you?
1: Well, it's it's so hard to like you, you know the, the the wrestle the struggle of the conversation around how how to um, not toss out the baby with the bath water and like you know we've talked about that here several times and um, and over the years you and I have talked about that mm-hmm. and like I, I guess like there aren't other there are other institutions but they're not connected like he was talking about across the country mm. like you know if you were like oh I'm in LA this weekend I'm gonna go play with the the volleyball squad that i play with in kansas city right this today yeah (laughs) (laughs) like or like i don't know well Um, you and i
0: both kind of grew up in non-denominational churches didn't we
1: yeah so we didn't have
0: that experience of denomination which is like Mm -hmm. a uniting factor across the country and the world
1: i was really jealous of our nazarene friends
0: yeah I know. They See, Nazarenes—they seem so <laughs> close knit. They had cool yeah. things like Nazarene naps, and yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, they would call them Nazi naps, and you take. What's they, that? It's a, like a tradition that they sort of have, where they take naps on Sunday afternoons. It's like a Nazarene thing.
1: Oh my God! I'm pretty this is sure. I'm hearing about that. I'm
0: pretty sure I'm not <laughs> making that up. I'm sorry to the listeners <laughs> if I'm inventing that, but I don't think I am. Nazarenes right in.
1: <laughs> oh my. God. talk about
0: being jealous i was like i want a nap i want a <laughs> <And> church-sanctioned nap <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, okay i'm gonna read this next one thank okay. you chase so much and um yes and yeah just uh, we we need to uh, uh, thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> um this next one is from somebody named chris hi calvin and hi,
0: Justin! See, this is why you're reading the emails.
1: <laughs> and you're the one who went to school for acting. I okay! Know, you're right. <laughs> you just
0: have it, baby. You've got it.
1: <laughs> I'm drinking a cold brew. Maybe you can tell. Okay. Okay, <laughs> um, okay. I randomly stumbled on, on your podcast a few weeks ago, and let's be honest. The title was, Really? Do I Need Another Reminder uh, of Being a Cultic Christian Closeted Gay Boy Growing Up in Amish Country, Ohio? I've tried to escape that religious version of Principal Trunchbald's. Tr- tr- Trunchbald's? Closet since Matilda. I don't really know the reference.
0: Oh, I think it was Trenchbull. Trenchbull? But she was the very vindictive school principal who would lock you in the chokey, a closet <laughs> oh, <no>. with
1: nails. <laughs> wow. Shit. If you were okay. bad. So the question was, do I need another reminder of that situation? And he says, yes. The answer is a resounding yes. I have so needed this podcast and it's elucidating insight from you both. I've listened to every episode of your podcast twice through. Part of it is because when I try to converse with people about these fucked up childhood experiences, people either don't believe the extreme repression and dismiss it as colorful exaggeration, or they use it as sufficient evidence to steer clear of any future hangouts with me. Smiley face. Neither feels like a solid win. I can't tell you how wild and relieving it is to have up two other gays raised in such an extreme and traumatic environment that we thought was normal, that I spent years convincing myself was the holiest way to heaven and Jesus. My story is similar to both of yours in many ways, super fundamental, charismatic, Pentecostal Christian background. I think I saw heaven's gates and hell's flames at my Assemblies of God church when I was around seven or eight, entirely traumatizing. Though I stopped believing in hell years ago, I still need to gently remind my body when I freak out over death from time to time. Another point of similarity was my parents forbidding the demonic influence of Harry Potter in our home. After I secretly got the goblet of fire, my mom found hidden in the black bag in the back of my closet and literally stormed outside to our backyard and lit it on fire. She didn't want any secular anything in our house to compete with the true Holy Spirit. Wow. You have, similar story,
0: um, Justin. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't allowed to read it and I, or watch mm-hmm. the movies. And what I, do you
1: think would have happened? had I entered your house though?
0: I would have just gotten grounded. Mm. I probably wouldn't have been allowed to hang out with friends for like two
1: weeks. Two weeks.
0: Yeah, easily.
1: Yeah. But okay, Harry Potter is so nice, though. He's a nice. Harry
0: kid. Potter is a is great. <laughs> <laughs> And it's fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least he's not like
1: an asshole character, you know. Like he's like, like a good kid. It's a story about good and evil. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna continue reading now. In third grade, I had my best friend over for a sleepover, and my parents caught me in a um, compromising situation. They immediately sent me to church counseling and church camp for Christian boys, but. More like erased the film, but only after two, uh, only after our two families met, and I was forced to apologize to each member of his family. I remember my parents were completely freaked out by it all, yet I maintained that I was more freaked out because i didn 't know kissing my best friend on the lips in third grade was at a sleeper, at a sleepover wasn 't kosher. I mean he kissed back, and I literally thought I had metaphorically torn up my eternal ticket to heaven after heaven's gates, hell's flames, ought to call, that scared me into the kingdom of God. Years later, I found the language for, it, for what I feared. Maybe I was gay? No, no, no. Impossible. God could not have let this happen to me. Instead, I, I thought I was struggling with same-sex attraction. Mm. I only experienced religious communities that perpetuated this principle that I was an abomination to God, and it was up to me and this... Holy Spirit character alone to get healed and delivered from this de- demon of homosexuality that my pastor's churches Christian school Christian friends were terrified of. I learned pretty quickly that I needed to tell my feelings how to feel and wear a mask at all times. I had to lie. I couldn't survive being a pink jelly shoes shoes lover or the boy that rushed into his mom's closet to try on her stilettos and boas when she was gone. I became the ultimate social chameleon as I craved relationship but but knew my struggle with SSA, same-sex attraction, was the miracle I had to devote my life to getting, but on my own, with God. It became normal for me to do a Daniel fast multiple times a year and pray, read the Bible for hours on end, hoping to finally reach the moment where I magically liked vaginas. As a result, my relationship with food became unhealthy. As I saw every unconsecrated bite as a tool for the enemy to come in like a flood. My last summer of high school, I put myself yet through yet another conversion therapy effort. This time, I did it at home. I was convinced even if I could masturbate to Carmen Electra, the straights at school would talk, would always talk about her being the hottest. I roll. Yes, that Carmen I, Electra. that I had hoped that God would heal me and I'd be able to marry a woman before the rapture eminently took place. Yep, the rapture. My mom promised me when I was 10 years old that my grandpa would never die because Jesus would be rapturing us all before death was a possibility for them. And according to her and every pastor ever, wasn't it better to live for eternity instead of such a short, silly life here on earth filled with demons and the flesh? And to follow your line of thought through the podcast, on the podcast, there were weekly occurrences I would have panic attacks as a kid when I would realized my parents weren't home, they were out walking, and I would rush to see if their clothes had been magically removed like, left, like the left behind books. A few years ago I started therapy as I had just heard about PTSD and RTS, Religious Trauma Syndrome. And was curious if maybe any of that was the reason why, to this day, it feels like my childhood team trauma is on this everlasting loop of video playing in my brain. Throughout high school, I made myself obsessed with prayer meetings, team prayer, worship nights, intercessory nights, suzos, theophos, theophostics, mm. mm-hmm. uh, de- deliverance sessions, conversion therapy, missions trips, ministry trips, choir, worship team, local outreach ministries, choir meetings, Christian coffee dates, anything to distract me from my real life and anything I thought would save me from the gnashing of teeth that liking guys would bring me. Like I i was exhausted, totally spent. I hadn't even graduated high school and was burnt out. I rushed to graduate a year early from high school just to leave and Attend World Harvest Bible College. Like, oh my God. It was traumatic and incredible, just as you'd expect. Just as you'd expect, I lost my virginity in my first year of being at in this TV and obsessed megachurch of 12,000 people with a pastor that managed to get me, an 18 year old, it, to SOW, which was what? I don't know. Oh. To sew. Oh, to sew, I think is what it oh, is. Right, oh, right, right, right. St- To sow a $1,000 seed of faith for my ultimate breakthrough, freedom from homosexuality. Not once, but twice. Wow. This school was where they brandished the Way of the Master curriculum by Kirk Cameron and Ray Comfort as biblical and to tell us that tell us the majority of salvations in the world were fake because the person praying wasn't convicted of sin and, as the Bible says, if they had to confess themselves as a hell-going sinner in need of a savior in order for it to be a real conversion, that would get them into the pearly gates.
0: Pray Comfort. I've tried to think of his name on the podcast before, but he was the one with all the tracks, the very mm. intense you're going to hell
1: tracks. The, the comic the little comic strips. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I'll continue reading. I'll never forget that evangelism, that evangelism class. I spent m- multiple times every single week of my life praying the sinner's prayer because I wasn't—I was sure God hated me for my homosexuality. I was drowning in the charismatic Kool-Aid, desperate to have this beautiful queer part of myself eviscerated out. But ironically, that first ministry school year, I lost my virginity with to a worship-leading pastor's son in this mega-charged, spirituality, manipulative atmosphere. We spent our weekends together hanging out with our respective families since our parents' homes were so close to each other, not where the school was located. One night he rolled over in bed and started kissing me. I faked like I was asleep and rolled over the opposite direction. The next night he kissed me again and this time I kissed back and we went for it That was also the night I discovered scented lotion from some random hotel stay was not intended for internal use play. A
0: good lesson to learn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god.
1: And thus began our weekly tradition of having sex, finishing our coital shenanigans, and get this, kneeling down on the side of the bed where we, we had just fucked on, holding hands together and praying and asking God to forgive us and restore us to our righteousness as real men. And then we'd scamper off to his dad's church on Sunday morning so he could lead worship as the church's main worship leader. You can imagine this fucking pray situation gave me emotional spiritual whiplash after a few weeks, despite it lasting months. This guy ended up confessing he broke off his engagement to his female fiancé to be with me. I finally ended that with him by, sum- by summer, saying that I needed to solely commit to God and find a new focused spiritual community. And because this church ministry school didn't give me the deliverance from homosexuality I I thought I needed, I figured more Christian shit would do the trick. I started driving to this place in Alabama called The Ramp, where every few months I'd be paying for another conference ticket, where I was obsessed, obsessing over Lou Ingall, Misty Edwards, and Dutch sheets. Wow. While others were partying in Times Square for New Year's Eve, I remember multiple years of rocking on the floor with Lou Ingo for the aborted babies. This is still rough to recall, especially now being so removed from it and proudly being pro-choice. Next, I find myself—I found myself off to Grandview, Missouri. A friend told me that, I, that the Lord was wanting me to move up to IHOP to play keys on a worship team that IHOP, that IHOP leader was starting. But another dead end, though. Despite all of the time spent in the global prayer room checking out the other closeted gays and eating the cinnamon scones from next door, I was still gay as fuck. And it seemed like a lot of other guys were, too. It came time for another ministry school move, so I moved to Bethel Church for their version of Christian Hogwarts school of witchcraft and spiritual, supernatural ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up doing all three years of of the school, playing on the worship team for multiple campuses, teams, moving to, living in Dubai, working with the church, and still obsessed with getting delivered from my struggle with same-sex attraction. After my third year graduation, when you're supposedly deployed as a kingdom advancer into the secular world, I walked home and decided to never set foot in a church again. After leaving, graduating, I became suicidal and tried to kill myself after deciding I would rather just die than live and be this homosexual abomination that could never have non-Christian friends and f- and be free of the plague. However, my attempt proved unsuccessful, thankfully. I ended up deciding to try something new. I would come out and see if my life improved. Um, <laughs> And it did, dramatically. I didn't come, it didn't come without hiccups, and friends that would literally walk away from me after I told them, Hey, I like guys. I changed my phone number, basically had to ghost hundreds of Christian acquaintances for my own mental health, and experienced, well, all of the Castro and San Francisco's salaciousness, got a boyfriend, and moved to the Pacific Northwest. Fast forward now, I'm 32 and came out at 25. I'm still processing these years of spiritual abuse, neglect. But having seen a wonderful therapist, I was able to start looking back to the younger me and realizing, wait, I had no safety. I had people around me that loved me if I loved their God. I did the best I knew how to with the little resources I was given. Calvin, something you said in one of the episodes hit me. You mentioned speaking to someone about your words, writing, And I remember you saying the response to your writing was that it was abstract. OMG, my entire life. That abstract language was all I've ever known. Especially being a creative on music teams. I could spend hours of conversation with someone and never use pragmatic literal terms. I lived in the abstract because I was told that 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 was the spirit realm and the flesh thrived everywhere else. Ugh, you guys. Thank you heaps and heaps. I feel like every episode is a beautiful reminder that progress and change is possible despite whatever Christian trauma queen shit we've been subjected to as kids. Apologies for the long letter. Feel free to use it or not, whatever. I'm just incredibly happy to let you both know you've already helped me tremendously these last few weeks. Virtual hugs to you. Both. Chris. P.S. I'm living for your drag version of Heaven's Gate's Hell's Flames concept. I'm planning on doing drag the first time this year and I can't stop gagging over the perfection of that concept. Talk about redemption. Anyway, you both are simply resplendent. Thank you for doing what you for for doing what you and being vulnerable with us about it. Do what you do, I guess. Mm-hmm. Ooh, wow. wow. First of <laughs> does, all, I, does like, that not cl- Yeah. Yeah, where's your Venmo? I want to tip you. <laughs> right. Talk about beautiful writing. That
0: was beautiful oh my gosh.
1: writing beautiful writing wow 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 and wow nothing
0: wow. could hit closer to home i don't think possibly you know
1: do you know what it feels like you know like your funny bone when like somebody like like you bump it on something yeah i feel like that happened like every third word Yeah.
0: yes it was right there you guys right i was like
1: there. literally tearing up like this is crazy but uh, also yeah. perfect it was perfect thank you so much chris yeah. um especially, thank you for sharing your experience like, I relate to all of that, except I was the worship leader. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, you were too, but like in, in that specific, you know, instance with like the guy and, and like, I mean, like I feel mm. that I had, um, wow. Am I going to, am I going to say this out loud now? I had mm-hmm. a, um, like a, a, like a undercover sort of thing. Um, uh, the uh, my early adulthood. Um, so eighteen nineteen. that was, um, similar in that it was it was very covert and we didn't really get to talk about it and also very traumatic and um mm. and and you feel so pigeonholed or not pigeonholed uh like stuck between a rock and a hard place like how can you cannot have happiness in that situation mm. like either you break each other's hearts or you break your whole community's heart and you end up in hell like there's just like not mm-hmm. a lot of options mm-hmm. and um and so I really felt that part and and also about um yeah, Daniel fasting, having a weird mm. relationship with food. I mean, yeah, Justin, you and I, Daniel fasted all the time.
0: Yeah, we did. And I think probably, at least for me, deep down, I was hoping that it would free me from homosexuality. It was no, all of these things,
1: yeah. things and the, throwing and I, at the wall. Right. And, and, I, and I, I, if it didn't, if, it, if this didn't happen over the course of, of literally decades mm-hmm. to me, mm. I would be over this conversation right now. We're on episode mm-hmm. 17, 16, 17, whatever.
0: Right. 18.
1: 18. Okay. <laughs> I, whatever. Like, like. sometimes I wonder, like, you know, how long should we talk about this? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and at what point will we have told all of our stories? But, but the fact is, is that this is something that I wrestled with personally. I'm not going to speak for you. Just go talk for me. Mm-hmm. Something that I wrestled with personally for literally decades. Mm-hmm. And that there are people who also went through it for literally decades, and people who are going through it now, and yeah. so I, 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 we just gotta keep talking about it, and um, and so Chris, like, you know, it's like this a little bit of this like beautiful feedback loop. Like you are so inspiring to me right now, and mm-hmm. and giving and, and holding space and writing that email and and for sharing, and um, and and hopefully, I mean, let's have you on the podcast sometime. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I honestly,
0: I feel yeah. like reading that letter, I genuinely mean this. It like validates my trauma. I read that and I'm like, that is so intensely similar to mm-hmm. what I experienced internally and externally yeah. that I feel validated and a little more okay right now because yeah. I read that.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: there was one part, this is like kind of maybe a strange part to pull out. Mm. But the the part about um, looking at Carmen Electra.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: in an effort to like try, okay, maybe this will work. Maybe yeah. this will work. She's I the remember, hottest one. She's the hottest one. She's the one. hottest one. It's got to work, man. <laughs> one time I would watch, I was watching um, the Jessica Simpson video. These boots were made for walking, mm. where she's like, Wa- washing a car in like mm-hmm. these really short shorts and this yeah. like tube top and i was watching that trying to be attracted to it thinking maybe this will fix me and my sister came down and caught me watching it and was like justin i'm so ashamed of you and i was like oh yeah that's right that's right i'm watching this because i'm into this <laughs> you caught me um and it was like weirdly like Validating that she thought that I was actually into it, but I wasn't. Yeah,
1: yeah, but then, but then, okay, but there's another layer to that too, because I was like, uh, we've talked about, gosh, I'm and I'm just afraid of being a broken record, but anyway, um, about about how just any kind of sexuality was deemed horrible and wrong, mm. and so mm-hmm. even like, like like your like. Even, even if I was even if you were straight right like yeah. you would still be like well I guess this is bad like yes, I should not I'm be attracted- right yeah
0: <sighs> you're right that is an additional layer there were two layers of shame
1: going on. <laughs> and then, but then also you're saying like you're also like you know slightly puffed up about it because you're like oh was that was that convincing <laughs> like P- yes puffed up is the perfect <laughs> term actually I was like
0: walking around the house like oh yeah she caught me watching Jessica Simpson <laughs>
1: <laughs> if she had only known what I known what I was watching minutes before. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. This was your, I, your your chaser.
0: He also said that this part, like, so I decided to come out and mm-hmm. it helped uh a lot. Mm-hmm. How about that? I mean yeah. that is like kind of like throwing in the towel and I'm gonna take a chance on myself and I'm just gonna try this and I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And when I did that that's where the freedom started.
1: Did you ever see or know about people who did come out like growing up? Like like in, in our yes. orbits. Like what did you think of them when that when you when that happened? Oh,
0: I thought not probably not great things. Because right. I was so filled with my own shame and and fear and indoctrination and I was determined to overcome it. So when I saw someone embrace who they were I honestly didn't even envy it in my younger days because I thought that it was so um, bad
1: I I can really relate to that and I feel like I whenever that would happen you know if, if, I, if my friends came out and like you know with even with you like I was I couldn't help but thinking like you gave up you gave in like mm-hmm. you weren't strong enough you didn't trust God enough right and and that came from my own pressuring myself saying whatever you do don't give up don't give in mm-hmm. don't give, don't don't throw in the towel and um and and so yeah a lot of that's projection and and self-hatred that comes from that and yeah. Yeah. If, if for for anyone else that I did that to, that's within the sound of my voice, I'm sorry. And um, and and uh, mm. yeah, yeah. I, I me hope, too. Yeah. I hope, I hope I don't repeat that with anything. And... Ooh. Wow. Um, let's um, let's listen to a voicemail. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Uh, are you gonna play it? Sure. Okay.
0: If I can find it. Okay, here we go. Alyssa Becker here, formerly Dell, with a red flag moment. Okay, the year is 1999. It's Sunday dinner, right after church. And at the time, two-year-old brother stands up in his high chair, puts his index finger in there and says repent the end is near obviously uh our church was doing a great job telling us all to be terrified of y2k so we spent it in our basements yikes anyway thanks for what you're doing i appreciate listening to the conversations and our shared experience in our youth repent the end is near
1: <laughs> like a good little preacher boy yeah it starts young it starts very young and I don't think that people really recognize the fact that that it starts before language too like Mm. I've seen videos like viral videos of like little children like prophesying and like right and like preaching praying I Um, did
0: the Jesus acceptance prayer probably at age five yeah I might have already said this I think it's on tape.
1: Yeah.
0: And I asked Jesus into my heart when I was like a five-year-old. So what about that? (laughs) It's pretty young.
1: It just makes me so sad. I'm just so sad.
0: It is (laughs) sad. That it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, Calvin? What? this episode got real yeah yeah in a good way yeah
1: but... Alyssa thank you so much for sending in your voicemail and um and for listening and um and for contributing and uh mhm yeah I hope things are going well for you okay I want to read one more Okay. From dawn. Um, okay. Hi, guys. I've been wanting to reach out since I first started listening to your podcast, but I never really thought I had any, anything to add. But after listening to last week's episode about missionaries, I knew that I had to send you an email. A little backstory on me. I grew up in a very religious family. We spent every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night in church, My main reason for going, except for the fact that my parents made me, was to show off my newest express sweater or my newest pair of pants. I grew up in an independent fundamentalist Baptist home. My parents were so into it that whatever our preacher preached about from the pulpit, they took to heart. When they preached against shorts, I was no longer allowed to wear shorts. When they preached against TV, we got rid of all the TVs in the house. It was serious even though they had just purchased me my own nintendo when i was 12 years old my dad answered the call and decided to take our family to be missionaries to the former soviet union we actually wound up moving to minsk belarus after they decided that we were going we began what i later found out was called deputation what is this you ask this is where my dad paraded his family around to churches across america across America, put us on display and basically begged for money from, in the form of monthly support from each church. I can remember so many fights on the way to these churches, and then we would pull up and he would tell us to smile like your life depends on it. Nice, right? After two years of traveling churches, shopping in missions closets, hand-me-downs from church members, we finally raised enough money to move overseas. Now, I won't lie. While I was very resentful about being moved halfway around the world at 14, I had some of the best experiences where, while living over there. I made some great friends and have some great memories, along with some really bad ones. I've had my memories. Me, I've had many memories come flooding back each week as I listen to your episodes. From the Left Behind series, which I read every one, and saw the movies, wow, they were rough. To <laughs> singing the hymns, Come Now Found was always one of my faves. And loved your your rendition, Calvin. To church camp, I missed out on a naked night, sadly. Aww. Today, I am an openly gay man living in North Carolina, engaged to the most amazing man. It was a long road to get here, but I have loved listening and reminiscing with you guys each week. Thank you for doing this podcast. Keep him coming. Don. Wow, <sighs> it's just—I know, man. The feels. Ah! These are really, really touching my
0: heart, <laughs> my cold, dead heart. <laughs> I'm serious. It's really, it's really special. Um, I know we've said it a million times. It's really special having people write in, and it just um, a lot of us went through this stuff, and I'm glad we're talking about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um when are we gonna start rehearsals for it? <laughs> our drag. <Yeah>. Our drag. <laughs> the drag Yes.
0: I don't know. Maybe this summer. Everyone's <laughs> getting vaccinated, baby. Yes.
1: <laughs> we'll do oh, it man. as part of our tour. <laughs> oh man. I seriously though, it would be so fucking funny. Yeah. Oh man. word for
0: word. And yes. word for
1: word. Yes. Everyone in reverse drag, and we should, or I guess, just drag. Um, yeah. And then we should uh, also um, have an altar call.: Yes, where... where you
0: can come down and be gay. Yes. <laughs> if it's on your heart to be gay today, please come down. We will lay hands on you. I wonder
1: if there are like, I mean, I know that there are, are therapists specifically for rel- religious trauma, but maybe we should have them on the show.
0: I agree. We should nice. find a religious trauma therapist. Like, I really I, maybe, agree with you.
1: Yes, an expert. I want an expert to talk to. Will you find them, yeah. please?
0: Yes, let's okay. do it.
1: Cool. I like that. That's, that yeah. sounds fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Ooh,
1: any plans this week other than celebrating my birthday in New York by yourself? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have a few comedy shows. Okay. And, okay. Okay. And um, I will be. Yeah, d- that's my plans. <laughs> I, 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 I was it. gonna say eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need Those are my two plans. <laughs> How about you, Cal?
1: Um, I've got a few shows this week, I, I guess, let's think, no, just, just one, just one show. Um, but yeah, just working, working through my projects and being at my studio and trying to learn all the time, trying to be a student of the, of the world, trying to be a student of my instruments, trying to be a student of, of life and, um, uh, mm. hear, hear, hear more to learn than to teach, I would say.
0: Hmm. Well put. And Calvin and I are gonna go on tour, guys. Yeah. So if you want us to come to your town, tell us.
1: Yeah, we we will literally show up. And we we and will we show
0: up at your town. Yeah.
1: Because we do comedy and music. We're just those kind of guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll bring my harp, Romeo, and uh, and and we'll we'll do a little serenade. Mm. And that's festivals or house shows also included. Mm-hmm. Just so long you get some
0: comedy up up, up top mm-hmm. and then you get to relax into his um transcendent music <sighs>
1: thank you for saying that
0: yes anyway. okay well bye <laughs> bye this was <laughs> this was intense and spiritual i'm gonna yeah. say this was spiritual
1: yeah yeah and it was really good yeah yeah i feel i'm feeling i'm feeling it. Woo! I won't, uh, yeah, I think I need to go for a run.
0: Okay, I'm gonna right. eat some mac and cheese.
1: All right, enjoy.
0: Okay. All right. Love you forever.
1: You too.